This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade. Try the all-new Tour Response, a tour-quality urethane ball that doesn't cost as much as a ball played on tour, only from TaylorMade. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to learn more. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. And good morning, Canada, and welcome inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully here in studio today. We have a special best of edition of the show. On last week's Golf Talk Canada, we spoke all about TaylorMade's 2021 product line, learned about their driver, fairway woods, hybrids, golf ball, irons, wedges, the works from TaylorMade. But on today's best of special, we're going to be airing some of our favorite winners, weird, and what segments throughout the year. Yes, it's our favorite segment of the year always. It's always so much fun to go back and look back at some of the weird and wacky moments of the golf season what maybe some players have posted on social media moments like that so we'll be sharing some of those throughout the next two hours as well some of the winners of the mckenzie tour happened to join golf talk canada in the last little bit uh, we'll be joined by the first four winners of the mckenzie tour this season uh, those will be coming a little later in the show but first up Winners, weird and what? And on this particular week, Mark had the tea. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Well, gents, the truth is anytime anyone in the world of golf agrees with me, I make them my winner. And uh, that's, it seems to be just a habit I have on this show. But, uh, you know, I always complain about the official world golf rankings. I, and I know there's not a perfect system. But I wish that there was an official World Golf ranking system that was a little bit more in tune with the current system, the current level of play and what players are doing, similar to the FedEx Cup. The problem with the FedEx Cup is it's an American system. Even though I believe it works more accurately to identify the best player on the PGA Tour at the given time versus the official World Golf ranking, it only reacts to the PGA Tour. So what about a system that reacted a little bit more current, that put more weight in the value of certain events that had better fields and stronger players, yada, yada, yada. Well, it's coming next summer as the official world golf ranking is getting a facelift guys. And they're going to put way more value into bigger tournaments where all the best players in the world get together. So we're really going to see a shakedown in the official world golf rankings, basically built around the four majors, the players championship, the Scottish Open, co-sanctioned, uh, playoff events, etc. It's going to kick off next summer, and they've come up with a new category called Strokes Gain World Rating, which is how they are going to put values, Bob, to fields. Um, I guess they felt that it was a little dated, and they could improve and be more current. This is a good change, is it not? It is. I think there were a lot of points going to tournaments that probably didn't deserve quite as many points, not only the European Tour, Sunshine Tour, Japanese Tour, uh, some of those guys on fields, and, and no disrespect to those tournaments, but when you're comparing them to a week, even a week-in, week-out stop on the PGA Tour, you know they just weren't carrying that, and the, the weighting, I don't think, was proper. I think this is what really kind of helps fix it. Very much so, and it should help 
Uh, quite a lot of the PGA Tour players that uh, are playing that week, to your point, Bob, and just your regular PGA Tour event, I know the majors and the big events will always decide the top of the food chain, but that middle to lower end of the food chain, going to be easier, I think, for maybe some of the PGA Tour players to access some of these World Golf Championship events. Well, could help our Canadian boys that play a lot on PGA, uh, on primarily PGA Tour. Okay, Adam, you mentioned earlier in the show, Skulls, about all the playoffs we've had this year on the PGA Tour and how hard it is to win. Am I weird this week? The last time we had a 54-hole leader win on the PGA Tour, including a co-leader, was Phil Mickelson at the PGA Championship. Adam, it's been 13 weeks since someone has held the lead on the PGA Tour on Sunday. That is incredible. I know it's hard to win. We said earlier in the show, Sundays are just different. But come on, guys, you got to close the deal. Would you have guessed 13 weeks if I had asked you that? Certainly not. That's an unbelievable stat. I think it's been that long since it's happened. But even just look at the Wyndham Championship that wrapped up yesterday. Tie for 10th was two shots off the lead. There were so many guys jumbled up there. But 13 weeks ago, that's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Really hard to protect the lead and still be able to, you know, take your shots and play a smart aggressive is the term, you know, smart aggression. And it's really hard to do. Uh, it is a thin line between smart aggression and just playing too protective and watching a lead completely evaporate. Okay. My what guys this week is a good news story. What a win for Ryan O'Toole. Speaking of the LPGA and speaking of heading into the open championship at the women's Scottish open, Ryan O'Toole, who was thinking about retirement in a few months, walking away from the game after 228 starts. 228 starts, never having a win. She goes out and wins a tournament with a star-studded field, heading into a major. Great performance from Ryan O'Toole. What a victory and what a way to change the mindset. I guess she's not retiring. Congratulations to Ryan O'Toole. Okay, that's it for me. Bob, the tea is yours. So, so what do I do? Just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball! All right, well, it's always nice to see the guy who finishes at 125th on that bubble and, and, and gets in that spot for great reasons the great last round or whatever i mean he did get a little help it's chess and hadley i'm going to and he's my winner and and he did get a little help from justin rose on the last hole but the big part of his day was a hole in one and this is the very first time in his life not just pga tour career first time in his life he's ever made a hole in one you consider how much golf a guy like that has played uh going through and if you saw the celebration, you would understand that it was his first one. As he described it, it looked like a baby giraffe. And if you haven't seen it, go and find it. It is one of the craziest looking. He's sort of a tall, skinny guy anyway. I remember Jimmy Fallon once uh, compared him to one of those. You know what you see sometimes out in front of car dealerships? There's a balloon that's blowing in the air. And has <laughs> Wacky, wild, inflatable arms. tube guy. That's right. That's right, exactly. And he just looks just like that. So it's very... Uh, very, very uh, funny, but good for Chesson Hadley, who is another nice guy on the PGA Tour, and I'm glad to see that he's going uh, to his, keep his card for next year and also have a little run in the uh, FedEx Cup playoffs. My weird this week is, um, how weird would it be if you were sitting in the pro shop one day at Canyon Meadows in Calgary, and all of a sudden the pro comes and says, hey, 
do you want a caddy in the Champions Tour event? We need a caddy. <laughs> and he says, sure. He says, well, who are you going to caddy for? Vijay Singh. Oh, my goodness. So you get on there with Vijay Singh. And it's always, it's always um, interesting to be Vijay <laughs> <laughs> And this poor kid, his name was Carter Milton. He actually enjoyed it, and the Champions Tour did a little, uh, did a little video of him uh, walking around and trying to get yardages. And he said, they describe your day. He says, well, we were on the range for two hours. Then we went and played golf for 18 holes. Then we came back, and we were on the range for two more hours. And I said, yeah, you better get ready for it, kid. But uh, they had a great experience, and actually Vijay said it was a good thing. He wanted to sort of take a break from a regular caddy and do his own yardage and kind of clear his mind and make sure that what he was actually, uh, the numbers he was getting were actually the ones that were getting by him. So I think it's kind of a neat move, but good for Carter Milton for stepping in. And I quickly did a quick change on my um, on my what. I was going to do Taylor Penrith and Adam Svensson, but I forgot about this part. And Elena Sharp is just one of the most brave people I've ever met on LPGA Tour and in, in life. She does a lot of things. She steps out of her of her, um, of her comfort zone. She, you know, announced to the world that she was gay. She got married to her partner and her caddy, Sarah Bowman. That was on the front page of the New York Times story on that. Uh, she did the front page story in Score Golf coming out and announcing that. And now she's actually come out in a post on Instagram and, and talked about the fact that she's got some depression and it's mm. triggered into her game in the form of yips with the putter. And she kind of like likened it to what Simone Biles went through with the twisties at the Olympics. And she says the yips are real, really aren't that different. It's very frustrating to all of a sudden doubt yourself over a short putt that you can literally make with your eyes closed. And she's battled this on and off from 2010, but she's also sort of found that her whole life has been just kind of circulated and centralized by golf itself. So she's gonna take a little break from golf. She's been out on the tour for 16 years. Uh, and she says, I've only identified ever as a golfer. So now she's going to take a break and just kind of reset a little bit and find out what she wants to do in her life. So good for Elena. It's a, on, her, on her Instagram. You can read it. You can, you can talk to, uh, you can see exactly what she's talking about. But uh, just another great step by a very brave woman. Yeah, good for her. Uh, definitely, you know, and for being honest and, and vulnerable in that sense to, to, to make that, that statement. So uh, all the best here for Elena Sharp going forward. Yeah, uh, yips are a horrible thing, uh, and uh, for a professional golfer, you know, forget it. Obviously, it, it would change everything. But it's funny how all this stuff is interwined, connected emotionally. Her depression, she's linked this together. You start to devalue who you are as a person because you assign it to what you're doing on a golf course. And, you know, Rory had this conversation with himself several years ago before he was married, before he was a father. And uh, it's great that she's aware of it and being open about it and talking about it. It should help her greatly. So good, good for her. Elena, we wish you nothing but the best. All right, Skulls, tea is yours. Yeah, well, I, I had the coffee. I got to activate the calves and I got to step on one here. <laughs> Come on, baby. That's what I'm going to do today. Hit bombs and attack the pin. Okay, gents, my winner this week is an Englishman named David Skins, who about a month ago was 82nd on the Corn Ferry Tour points list. And what does he do? He wins on the Corn Ferry Tour yesterday, gets his PGA Tour card. This is an unbelievable story for a 39-year-old man who at some points during COVID was a bartender, was a DoorDash driver. So what a story to bounce back in this sense and now accomplish a lifelong dream. 
of joining and becoming a PGA Tour member. This is just one of the great stories of the year. Looking forward to seeing uh, David Skins here as we move forward to 2021-2022. Okay, my weird this week. Stacey Lewis had some pretty bold comments about the LPGA Tour's pace of play, uh, speaking about how the game just needs to speed up, and I believe we have the audio of Stacey Lewis making these comments. When I came out on tour, there were, I would say there were a handful of slow players, and now there's a handful of fast players. There hasn't been a whole lot of push the last five or six years to get people to play faster. So, um, so if there's there's no penalties for it, if you're and our, and I don't think our timing policy is still where it needs to be, where you know people still kind of know how to work the system and get away with it. So. Okay, Skulls, I got to jump in on this yeah, one you do. because I got to defend Stacy and her comments because I mm-hmm. think she's bang on. And I didn't notice it or wasn't aware of it as much until I was fully engaged with the women's Olympic golf and covering all four rounds. And I watched every shot because it was, you know, we were covering it. It's the, it's the job. And I was absolutely shocked at the cliff that she's referring to that, that, you, that, that some of these women kind of walk off. I, you know, you could see Nellie Corda wanting to hit shots, wanting to play golf, and spending the majority of her third, uh, her third and fourth round standing over a golf ball. In fact, there was a point in the Olympics, I can't remember if it was the third or fourth round, she was sitting on her golf bag in the 18th fairway. She couldn't take it anymore. This is a real problem. And there are, and to Stacy's point, there are a handful of fast players, and then there are, a, a lot of slow players and not a lot of in-between. There is not a lot of just, this is the pace, the agreeable pace that we're all going to push ourselves to kind of meet at. Not everybody's going to be as fast as Nelly, but you they got to find middle ground, you know? And I think Stacy's not incorrect in her, in her assumption here. It, it's a subject that we could do a whole show on, just the pace of play and, you know, youngsters watching from coast to coast, watch, watching their idols on TV saying they, they take this long over the ball, so maybe I should too when you're 11, 12 years old. There's so much we can talk about this. Maybe we'll save that for a year in review, special pace of play in golf and how to improve it. Okay, my what is a very interesting little phone reminder. So I'm not sure if you guys get alerts on your phone reminding you of, God knows what, but Russell Henley gets one every day saying, I'm a great putter. I I guess he needs that reminder that he's a great putter, world-class player. Maybe he'll need that a little more after what happened on the 72nd hole. But uh, an interesting phone reminder for Russell Henley Henley to get, just reminding him that he's a great putter. I love it. Positive thoughts produce positive (laughs) shots. I'm going to send a a reminder on my phone that, Mark, you have a full set of hair and you're six foot four. (laughs) So I see that every morning. All right, on the other side, our best of special continues. We'll be joined by Brendan Leonard, who was the first winner on the McKenzie Tour this season. He'll join us after the break. This is a special best of edition right here on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade. Try the all-new Tour Response, a tour-quality urethane ball that doesn't cost as much as a ball played on tour, only from TaylorMade. Visit taylormadegolf.ca to learn more. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com. The smartest way to shop for golf. 
Welcome back inside another best of edition of Golf Talk Canada. I'm Adam Scully. Well, I mentioned in our last segment that we're going to be joined by some of the winners on the McKenzie Tour this season throughout the two hours. And now we're going to be joined by Brendan Leonard, who won the first event of the McKenzie Tour season, the McKenzie Investments Open in Quebec. We'll get to that interview shortly. But first, it's great to see the McKenzie Tour back in action. Of course, their 2020 regular season was canceled due to the COVID-19 pandemic. They did have a four-event Canada Life Series, but it's great to see the McKenzie Tour now back in action. Now, here on GTC, we speak with PGA Tour players all the time. There's so much depth in Canadian golf right now on the professional level, on the amateur level as well. And these players that will be joined by throughout the next two hours, a lot of great players. You could say this is the future of Canadian men's golf that will be joined by uh, throughout the next hour and 45 minutes or so. And the McKenzie Tour PGA Tour Canada has seen a lot of graduates go on to play on the PGA Tour. Of course, Nick Taylor, Tony Finau. And yes, Tony Finau, he broke that long slump over 1,600 days between victories on the PGA Tour for Tony Finau. Of course, he won the Northern Trust, the first event of the PGA Tour playoffs, the FedEx Cup playoffs uh, earlier this year. Mackenzie Hughes, we know the run Mackenzie Hughes had this year. Legitimate chance to win two major championships, the final group at the U.S. Open. Then at the Open Championship, the best ever finished by a Canadian-born player in the near 150-year history of that tournament, Mac Hughes, a graduate of PGA Tour Canada. Mackenzie Hughes, Corey Connors as well, fellow Olympian with Mackenzie Hughes. Connors becoming you know, one of the top 35, 40 best players in the world officially on the world rankings. Looking forward to seeing what Connors has as this new PGA Tour season is underway. So many great players have played on the McKenzie Tour, used it basically you know, as a developmental tour to learn to become a professional golfer and then go on to have success on the PGA Tour. Awesome to see so many players go on to the PGA Tour. Well, Brendan Leonard won the first tournament on the McKenzie Tour schedule earlier this summer, the McKenzie Investments Open in Quebec, and we were joined by Brendan on Golf Talk Canada. We're talking about your victory yesterday at the McKenzie Investments Open. Congratulations on the win. Take us through your final round, because I, I know it was a pretty jumbled up leaderboard, was it not? Yeah, uh, thank you, and uh, it was. Uh, I mean, I started the day five strokes back, so my goal was just to get off to a really hot start. Uh, I was lucky to birdie hole two, three, and four, so I was able to do that and had a three foot on eight and kind of fell back a bit and then bogeyed the 12th hole, and that's when I kind of looked at the lead. I hadn't been looking at the leaderboard, but I looked at it that, at that point and kind of realized I was three back and needed to come in pretty strong, so I told myself to try and snag a birdie on 14 or 15, and uh, I was able to grab one, and then I hadn't looked at the leaderboard at that point, so... I figured the number was going to be somewhere around 9 and 10, and uh, luckily I was able to uh, just kind of commit to trying to birdie the last two holes, and once I got off the green, I realized uh, I had a two-shot lead, so I was quite surprised. Uh, it's a great, great performance, and congratulations on getting that win. I understand you've kind of been 
um, making making your living playing on some of these smaller tours. Uh, I know you played in, in Quebec and you've played on the Toronto Players Tour and had some success everywhere around around there. What's what's life like for you on this kind of a level of a circuit? Uh, it's busy, um, stressful, but uh, I mean, it's it, it, it is a job. But when you're out there, it doesn't really feel like a job. It's just something I I love doing and can do every day. So. Um, I, I enjoy it, um, but I've been playing. I've been playing really solid the last two years. So uh, every tournament I go into, I just I kind of do the same thing and just take every shot one time, one at a time, and just try and win every event that I can and just keep making as much money as I can to keep the dream going. We're in conversation here with Brendan Leonard, the latest winner on the McKenzie Tour PGA Tour Canada at the McKenzie Investments Open. Now, Bob mentioned the Toronto Players Tour just there. I'll be totally honest with you, Brendan. I actually grew up with Russell Budd, um, who runs that tour. Just talk about the importance of that tour in itself to, to give you a place to play with very, very solid paychecks and, and very good fields for on, on a weekly basis. Yes, I, uh, I owe a big thank you to Russell. He, uh, I mean, when the pandemic kind of hit, he, he kind of stepped up to the plate and gave us a place to play and somewhere for us to compete and pretty much play every week. So, I mean, I, w I don't think I would have been able to play that final round the way I would have without the prep that I've had the last, uh, I guess, year and a half. So, but really, uh, he's done a great job of setting us up and giving us a place to play on quality courses and you know, he's a rules official out there in the McKenzie Tour, so he knows how golf courses should be set up. So I, it, I was pretty familiar with how pins are set up, where to be hitting the ball, where to not hit the ball. So, I mean, I, I owe a big thank you to Russell. And, uh, yeah, he's just you gotta, you got to be able to play every single week and kind of get into that competitive spirit and to come down the stretch and understand what needs to be done to uh, come away with a win. Uh, in that same vein, obviously the McKenzie Tour is going to be a, a popular circuit. It's mostly Canadian players from, from what I've seen on the leaderboard so far. But uh, you're going off to play next stop uh, in Osprey Valley in a couple of weeks and then out to Prince Edward Island. Are you planning on doing the whole circuit right across Canada? Yeah, I'm going to try and play everyone. I uh, set a goal when they came out with the schedule to, uh, to get a win and to try and come first on that uh, order of merit and secure a full status next year. So I'll be playing every single event. That's awesome, Brandon. Well, you know, we've spent the majority of this show talking about the Olympic Games. And golf is obviously back in the Olympics. We saw Corey Connors finishing 13th, Mackenzie Hughes finishing 45th. Obviously, Xander Shoffley winning gold, Sabatini silver, CT Pan bronze, Brooke Henderson and Elena Sharp get their Olympic journey underway tomorrow. But for you, do you get any inspiration uh, watching? you know, these golfers from Canada play in the Olympics to think, hey, maybe someday that could be me too? For sure. I mean, uh, I, I grew up playing against those guys. I mean, when we were juniors, I would guess that would have been more of an afterthought. But um, just to see the rise that they've had and the, the quality of golf that they play and, I mean, the, the, the lifestyle that they have, um, it's definitely something that I would love to be able to do and just keep chasing and grinding after. Well, well, Brendan, uh, thanks for your time uh, today. I know you're on the road right now uh, on your way to your next stop. Uh, congratulations on the win. Hope you enjoyed the celebrations a little bit, and we'll talk to you again uh, down the road, and uh, good luck in the Osprey Valley Open in a couple weeks. Great. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me.
Awesome stuff by Brennan Leonard there. What a great performance. Winning the first event on the McKenzie Tour calendar in 2021, the McKenzie Investments Open. On the other side, we'll shift back to winners, weird and what, some of our favorite three-dub segments of the season. That's coming up next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Welcome back inside another best of edition of Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully here in studio. Well, we're continuing to play some of our favorite winners, weird and what segments throughout the summer on this best of edition of GTC. And on this particular occasion, Bob at the G. So, so what do I do? Just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball! Okay, Adam, my uh, winner this week is uh, a good friend of uh, TSN Radio, oh. and that's Harry uh, Harry Higgs. Ah, yes. And uh, they love him on uh, they love him on Overdrive. And uh, actually, Hayes and O Dog were talking about him when we were going around the round how they hooked hooked up with him, and after you know he just became this this icon out yeah. there with the unbuttoned shirt and everything. And um, anyway, he was playing uh, this week at uh, at the uh, Northern Trust, yep. and he set a record. And it is the highest strokes gain around the green for one round. And the only guy to do it, of course, was Harry Higgs. He's, he recorded a 5.92 stroke. So that means he basically picked up six shots against the field with his play from just off the green. And the way he did it was to miss a bunch of greens, obviously. But uh, he actually chipped in once, and then he holed three putts from off the green. One from 50 feet using a putter, obviously, and uh, hold out for an eagle on that one. Another time he hit it in the pond and then uh, chipped in to save par. And it was a remarkable performance. It's really, um, obviously, it's never been done before. So congratulations to Harry Higgs. Five, six shots with your, it's not really chipping and putting, but your short game around the, uh, around the green. Yeah, that's unbelievable to gain six shots alone in that stat alone. Uh, he's been on, been on a couple different podcasts, um, and his nickname is Big Beautiful. Yeah, that's right. So uh, congratulations to Harry Higgs. And yeah, he actually, I remember I was doing the Sports Center highlight pack the day where Harry Higgs, it was middle of the summer, and he was going for the 18th hole. And um, I couldn't tell you what, what tournament it was, but he missed the, missed the green by... 60 yards and had one of the greatest four calls in the history of That's four right. calls and the overdrive guys Hayes and Odog and Noodles they replayed that about 11 times and they were crying of laughter so <laughs> Harry Higgs one of the great honest interviews in the game of golf and a great chipper as well my weird this week is what happened to Hideki Matsuyama on the 10th hole mm. in the first round did you see this one I did I did <laughs> that was so weird I have seen golf balls end up in a lot of different spots in cups in uh Someone's pocket one time, I remember that. I've seen it end up uh, under chairs, in backpacks, uh, all sorts of strange places. But I have never seen one land inside a guy's shirt. And the weird thing about this was, like, if it was me, I probably would have just opened my shirt and let the ball fall out. He didn't do that. He, the ball was in his shirt. And so, believe it or not, when Hideki was actually taking his drop, 
the guy stood there where he was. He didn't move. And Hideki gave the two club lengths from the guy where the guy was standing. Okay, and then I didn't see that. got the ball. And then they opened up the shirt and the ball <laughs> fell out, I guess, and he got it. But they had to play it as if that had come to rest inside the guy's shirt, which, I mean, it, it did, but you know what I mean in terms of the ruling. So he was standing there, and then he took these two club lengths and, and hit his shot from there. That's the, the weirdest uh, ball, I don't know even what you call it, ball retrieval uh, drop that I've ever seen in anything. Well, I remember there a couple of years ago at the Ryder Cup, Thomas Peters hit a drive that went into a guy's backpack i think or on top of a maybe it was his father's backpack it, it was his father's backpack yeah. it went right on top of it that's right well i guess because the spectators are so close right? or actually you know what it was i think it was was it rory i think rory hit it yeah. and it went into thomas peter's father's backpack that's <laughs> well it, it, because the spectators are so close to you i mean th- this kind of stuff's bound to happen from time to time <laughs> exactly. i mean inside a guy's shirt is taking it to another level <laughs> but, but yeah I'm just trying to imagine how, like, the angles for that ball. That I think it bounced once and then hopped up and just kind of. You, you wonder, like, was he shirt. looking that way? Like, did he try to like lean into it? I, I don't I, know. I don't think a ball could go into my shirt. No, I don't. I yeah, me too. Right yeah. yeah, Of course, you have them so tight because you got the big muscles. But <laughs> mine's just like the, the blurb. Um, and my what this week could actually be a weird as well, but oh. it's uh, it's Rory McIlroy. Okay. So uh, Taylor made inventive with their social media. Earlier this year, I know it was earlier this year, quite a bit earlier, because it involved Tiger, was mm-hmm. before Tiger's injury. Uh, it's the 25th anniversary of Happy Gilmore. And so they got all their team tailor-made guys to wear Boston Bruins jerseys, just like Happy Gilmore, like Adam Sandler, and do the, at, the Adam Sandler, Happy Gilmore run up and mm-hmm. smash the ball. Mm-hmm. The, guys had, the guys had, like, they were terrible at it. They were really, except you for Tigers. Tigers was good. Yeah. Tigers was good. He hit it over 300 yards straight, but like, like I saw guys snap hooking it. Mm-hmm. But the worst one had to be Rory's. So Rory took yes. a yes. swing, yep. and it went off the launch monitor. <laughs> it broke the launch out of it. monitor. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely smashed it and, uh, and went off into the, uh, into the Netherlands. Uh, but I don't know how, uh, I thought, the ha- I, won't, I haven't really done the Happy Gilmore oh. thing. I didn't think it was that tough, is it? Okay, so... You can make it tough. It depends how fast you go into the ball. Like the like Matt Wolf couldn't really do it, and he was talking about this because he he was trying to do like the, the oh, hitch yeah, into it and, and that sort of move. Tiger sort of like walked into it. But if you really want to be legitimately happy, Gilmore, you got to take two or three good little almost prances into it. Yeah, it's almost like a bit of a run. It's almost a bit of a run, a hop, skip, and a jump, a triple jump almost. I haven't tried it in a couple of years. Uh, I've done it before. Sometimes rounds of golf take a bit of a turn. You want to try some new things? And did and it go well? It went. Yeah. It went. Uh, the ball traveled. Okay. It didn't hit any launch monitors. And did you go? Did it hit it straight? Like some of these no, guys were snap no, hooking no, it. And no. Rory. Well, it was funny because uh, Morikawa hit it dead right. Yeah. And Rory <laughs> Rory tried four or five times at a left and left and I left. Tommy Fleetwood snap hooked it left. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. it's, uh, it was quite a, uh, quite a show and takes a lot <laughs> to break the, uh, the launch monitor. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. All right, Adam, uh, your turn and the T is yours. All right. Yeah, well, I, I had the coffee. I got to activate the calves and I got to step on one here. <laughs> Come on, baby. That's what I'm going to do today. Hit bombs and attack the pin. Fitting, because Phil Mickelson is actually my winner this week. So, oh. Yes, yes. So uh, that's a rarity for me and Golf Talk Canada and social media all-star that Phil is. But Phil is just the gift that keeps on giving on social media. <laughs> there was a great commercial last week, which we won't play now, but it was very funny with Phil and a beer company that he is sponsoring. But Phil on Twitter this week, 
uh, or I should say last week, before the uh, Northern Trust had a fun little practice round. It was Phil and Joel Damon and Keith Mitchell and Harry Higgs. Higgs. And so Phil first put out a social media post with the buttons undone, a la Harry Higgs, and said, you know, looking forward to our match. And then Phil live-tweeted this match (laughs) on Tuesday. When would a professional ever live-tweet a practice round? Probably never-ish, to be quite honest with you, but a couple of his funny tweets here. Here's one. The train is now rolling, and it's freight train, baby, all in caps. My driver, 8-iron, on the 515-yard 7th to 4 feet as his 1-up. Free-swinging Keith is gone, replaced by Kevin. Of course, that's a play on Keith Mitchell, who was called Kevin Mitchell when he won the Honda Classic (laughs) back in 2019. There's a couple others here. You know, Phil likes to hit bombs. I like to say I try to hit bombs. Sometimes they go straight. But Phil put out a tweet. After a nasty bomb and a wedge to four feet, my heart came through and I missed it to stay one up. (laughs) I mean, Phil on social media is, like I said, he's just the gift that keeps on giving. Now, do we know for sure that it was actually Phil doing this or was he telling someone to tweet it out? Maybe has like maybe some like like a Twitter caddy. That, now, that's a good question. I mean, it sounds like Phil. It's, I'm, I'm sure there's Phil words. I just wondered if he mm. said, like, if it was you, I'd say, here, Tweet take this. this in, Adam. Yeah. But maybe, we don't know. Anyway, whatever it is, it's good. If it was you, it would be, just made another 25-footer for par, <laughs> four for <laughs> no. three. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, now, my weird this week goes to a strange story from the Highland Greens Golf Course in New York, where young Jake Ferrer was playing for the first time. 13 years old, first holes a par three, 130 yards downhill. They say, hey, Jake, here, here's driver. You know, you, you haven't swung a golf club before. Okay, sounds good. Maybe a couple practice swings. First ball he hits. In. First swing ever. First swing ever. Oh, my gosh. Now, is this legit? It, it's on the Internet, so it has to be true, obviously. <laughs> If this is true, this is an unbelievable story. You know, I remember a similar story from the Seaforth Golf Club where there was a young girl taking lessons. She took a bunch of lessons, but when she went out for her first hole, she made a hole in one, too. But that's, like, what are the odds? Not, not, yeah. Well, and there's that famous Alex Ovechkin clip that's on a lot oh, yeah. of Sports Center top tens when, that's what I got! Where he, he hits it and the ball hits a tree and goes in. Now, it says it was one of his first rounds of golf with Ovi, who knows? But, I mean, first ever hole in one. Wow. Jake, congratulations, if indeed it's true. Congratulations. That's, uh, that's an awesome feat. Uh, my what this week? What a bounce Minji Lee got. Oh, that was Final incredible. round at Carnoustie. She's in the fairway, you know, has a shot at the green. She's trying to post a number. She was four or five groups ahead of the last group. So trying to post a number, get in the clubhouse, and see what happens. She won a major championship earlier this year, coming back from seven shots back. This was five shots back. She was really in the mix. Hits the shot. I want to say she hit it a little fat. Sort of rolls into the, the Barry burn and bounces out. Imagine if that had happened to Jean Vandeveld all those years ago. Imagine if that had happened. Like, this is an unbelievable thing. Obviously, she didn't go on to win the golf tournament, but what what a break that was. That was was just one of a number of odd shots. Now, some of them were so lucky, but uh, like the shank out of the bunker and the, oh, boy. But but that's, I, I would bet you the odds, like the number of times that that has happened like that are, 
one in a, I was going to say a million, but maybe not a million, but still, like I've never seen anything like that ball hopping out of the Hopping burn. in and out. Like sometimes you see balls that, you know, maybe hit a rock outside the water and skip forward or someone skipping a ball across. It's and you the wall, lucky. you know, I mean, I, I've seen it in, yeah, in ponds, but the balls in the, in the burn are, right. you know, there's not a lot of room for it. It's got to right. be absolutely perfect to hop out. And, and you mentioned the shank. Now, <laughs> Nana Kurtz-Madsen, okay, she's tied for the lead. Got a bad break with the approach shot. Downslope of a bunker. The, the commentators are talking about, oh, it's on a downslope, so the ball will come out low and skip forward. And she tried to hit the shot. She went for it all because she was tied for the lead with Anna Norquist, who had 30 feet for birdie, 35 feet. Yeah. And hit it about just just off the hosel, sort of skyrocketed and passed through. Unfortunately, couldn't get up and down for double off, uh, after that, but... That shank came at the wrong time. You know, I was afraid that she was actually going to hit that out of bounds. Yeah. If you go back too far there, you basically into the clubhouse. Yeah. (laughs) But thank goodness, at least she got to finish up with a double bogey and kind of get out of there. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Welcome back inside our best of edition of Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully here in studio. Well, getting back to the McKenzie Tour. Noah Steele took home the second tournament of the McKenzie Tour season at the Osprey Valley Open. A six-shot victory for the amateur. A great performance by Noah Steele, and he joined us on Golf Talk Canada. Rounds of 66, 65, 64, 66, 23 under par in four rounds for Noah Steele. And we're now pleased to be joined by Noah Steele on the line. Noah, congratulations on the victory, and welcome to Golf Talk Canada. Hey, thank you so much. I'm, uh, I'm excited to be on. Okay, so we're hours after your victory. Has this sunk in yet, this unbelievable performance to win the Osprey Valley Open? Uh, it's just, just starting to. Um, honestly, just super thankful to, uh, to have been able to play uh, this week. I was a, a later entry, and um, I guess everything happens for a reason. Uh, I've been working hard on my game, and, uh, and things were, were in a nice spot, so I uh, I was happy to to get to compete here and and end up uh, uh, leaving as the the winner. So it's, it's starting to settle in, uh, but um, probably will more and more over the next day or two. Noah, when you started in this tournament on Thursday, what were your expectations? Um, honestly, just to, to just to commit to a game plan I had created for myself, and um, and honestly, just just put myself in position and. Uh, Honestly, just go kind of one shot at a time, um, and uh, that's that's kind of how I honestly try to approach things um, normally, uh, and uh, and just kind of roll from there. And I, I got off to a nice start, and um, I was able to continue that throughout uh, throughout the rest of the week. So um, I didn't uh, necessarily have a, a ton of expectations, honestly, if, if any, other than to just um, just try and play the the best I could. 
We're in conversation here with Noah Steele, who won the Osprey Valley Open by six shots. Now, Noah, we're also in the greater Toronto area right now, and the weather here has just been incredibly humid, uh, sort of feeling 40 <laughs> degrees Celsius and then some. For you, when you're competing, uh, how, if at all, did that affect you? Clearly, you, you posted some great scores, but in terms of hydration, staying focused, how, how were you able to manage all that and still put together four dominating days? Yeah, it was it was really hot out there. Hot out there in pants as well. I was joking <laughs> that on the range, I was just baking on the range, kind of sweating through my pants, which doesn't sound too nice. But it was really, really warm. Definitely uh, tried to, to drink a lot of water throughout the night, um, you know, leading up to going to sleep and then and then kind of keep that up throughout the day. But um, kind of my thing on the golf course is, is peanut butter and honey sandwiches. So so that helped. They usually have one, one per nine holes. So I think that kind of helped me stay um, alert and whatnot, but um, ended up, yeah, dealing with the heat actually pretty well. Um, it, it is really hot, but it, it's pretty similar to, to what I was in a lot at, at school. Um, I went to school uh, in the Houston area where, mm. where it gets quite warm a lot of the time. So, yeah, a lot of water um, was definitely drank, and we were well taken care of on the golf course with that. So you mentioned your school, Sam Houston State University in uh, beautiful Huntsville, Texas. I haven't been to Huntsville. Yeah. I don't know what it's like. But <laughs> you finished up in May. And uh, so what's the plan now? Now, obviously, you've proved yourself. <laughs> you can you can play professional yeah. golf. Is that uh, that on the on the horizon? Absolutely, yeah. I think in the, in the near future, for sure. Um, a lot of things have, have changed and, and happened pretty quickly. Uh, I was just, you know, a couple of days ago or a week ago chatting with um, Derek Ingram, our, our national team coach, kind of about, you know, the next – uh, next phase of what our schedule w- would look like and, and maybe you know what q schools i would try to attend and um i think there's there's definitely lots to be gained from from this week and a lot of things that i actually still need to learn and kind of be informed on um but uh yeah the the, the plan is is definitely to uh, hopefully turn pro uh, this this coming spring and um and get started on that part of of my journey you mentioned experience and, and learning. Um, you had a piece of the lead at the Canadian Men's Amateur uh, a couple weeks ago in Windsor, Ontario. One-shot lead heading into the final round, turned into 73 that day, came in fifth. Obviously, this time around, you won by six shots. How much did you take from that experience at the Canadian Am that you applied this time around and won by six shots? Yeah, I, I took a lot from that. Um, honestly, I... Uh, was disappointed to to not to not get it done at the Canadian M, but I, I pulled so many great things from that event. Um, and, and honestly, I was in the position I was at the Canadian M from from a few uh, tougher weeks um, on the road prior. So um, I, I honestly I saw a lot of really good things at, at the Canadian M, and um, you know I shot a, a couple really good numbers, um, and then uh, w- was able to, to just kind of you know maintain that that play. But I actually I felt really quite calm on, on the golf course all week out here um at the Osprey valley open and um yeah i just i, I honestly like when i got up to to each shot or, or a putt i i just you know, i had a lot of belief in myself to execute um you know the the decision that i had made um and uh, and i just yeah i honestly just just went forth with that as much as i could but i, I think drawing from those you know those experiences or those feelings the final round or maybe a couple of mistakes that I did make and, you know, I didn't, maybe didn't want to make those mistakes again. Um, you know, I definitely learned a ton and, and was able to use that this week. So, so you, you sort of said you're going to, you hinted that, you know, the pro tour is on the next spring with uh, what's, what's left now. Do you play more uh, PGA tour Canada events? Do you play some of the top amateur international events? What, what, how do you sort of move your, the rest of your year now? Yeah. So right now I, I am in the, the final two, 
PGA Tour Canada events in British Columbia, so the Kelowna event and the Victoria event. Uh, I'm not going to be playing in, in PEI the next uh, two weeks, I don't believe, but I, I may add um, one in the one in Calgary and the one in Saskatchewan and play the Final Four. So um, playing the way that I did, I think certainly uh, brings up you know the the reason to to maybe adjust a couple of things. There was there was talk about a couple of us going to play uh, the Irish Amateur Open uh, in in mid October. So. Um, that would be kind of the next amateur event, I believe, which should be an awesome experience. I've never played uh, in Europe before. Um, but, yeah, I think I'm going to try and you know, maximize the opportunity I have with um, these McKenzie Tour events and, and see where, where that can maybe take me. That'd be an awesome opportunity going over to Ireland. It's a very different golf than here in the in the Canadian uh, area or the North America or so. But uh, I, you know what, Noah, if, if you need a caddy, I've uh, I've been to Ireland twice. Um, no, but uh, it's it's a great spot to go you, play golf. You'll uh, you, you'll uh, trust me. You'll you'll be happy. You got long pants for that one. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. Maybe even a jacket to go with it. Yeah, exactly. Maybe maybe even a jacket. Maybe even a toque. Now, Noah, um, you know, COVID's been a challenge for everyone in whatever walk of life you're in. What has the last 18 mm-hmm. months been like? For you, you know, we see guys in the PGA Tour, LPGA Tour, PGA Tour champions week in, week out playing. But, you know, for someone like you who's, you know, trying to make this game at a professional level, you just had this breakout, breakthrough victory. What have the last 18 months been like for you? Yeah, they, they've been a lot of kind of getting used to, you know, making making plans and, and being okay with changing those plans. Uh, um, you know, I, I think it's it's actually really helped me to, to kind of go with the flow a little bit more. I definitely kind of kind of am a person that likes to, to have a plan and have some structure in it and it's definitely not really allowed that um, always uh, and there's been, been lots of things to have to you know overcome and even you know with, with being here and the times I've been in, in Canada just like oh like are we going to be able to be out at, at golf courses playing and practicing and uh, and whatnot so honestly I, I have uh, I have moved around a lot and been back and forth to the U.S. Um, and, and thankfully been able to you know stay healthy and everything and, and my family has as well and um, yeah, so it, it, you know, it's been, you know, very uncertain, uh, times and unsure times, but, um, you know, I, I think it was a, it's a really, it was a good opportunity for you to put a lot of work and time in as well and, and, and kind of see where you needed to get better. And you, and you had the time to do that, um, at, at various points, especially in the beginning when things were, were really kind of slowed down and, and whatnot. So I, I played an eight, an eight week stretch in, in the U S this past summer, um, in, uh, of amateur events and was super lucky to get to do that and uh, and then came back and you know thankfully the Canadian Am happened and then now this this season here um, for the for the McKenzie Tour so it's nice that things have moved back you know in a a more normal direction and, and hopefully we can continue that but um, the this this time is definitely uh, taught me a lot and I, I think I've grown a lot in the last you know 18 months um, and, and as well since since finishing up with with school. Uh, and kind of working towards my next step. So, well, no, it's it's been a lot of hard work uh, done by you. Congratulations on the victory, six shot win at the Osprey Valley Open, and we look forward to seeing you again on PGA Tour Canada McKenzie Tour, hopefully very soon. Yeah, thank you so much, guys, for for the time and and for having me on. It was it was awesome. What an unbelievable performance by Noah Steele, the amateur, a six-shot win at the Osprey Valley Open. That wraps up Hour 1 of our Best Of edition of GTC. On the other side, we'll be joined by Michael Blair, who took home the PEI Open on the McKenzie Tour. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by TaylorMade, was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. 
No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Welcome back to Hour 2, the back nine, here on our best of edition of Golf Talk Canada. I'm Adam Scully. We're continuing to play some of our favorite winners, weird and what segments throughout the summer on this week's show. And on this particular week, Bob had the tea. So, so what do I do? Just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball. All right, Adam, my winner this week... Uh, as you mentioned, no shortage of stuff coming out of the Olympics, but my winner this week is C.T. Pan. Now, he didn't win the gold medal, but he did win the bronze, and he won the playoffs, so he's already a winner in that respect. But what I loved about what he did was he had his wife caddying for him. Um, they are thick as thieves, those two. They, they travel and do a lot of stuff together. So she carried the bag for him, and I noticed down the, the, the last couple of holes and in the playoff, all of a sudden I look over and I see C.T. is carrying, like, four clubs in his hand but that's walking off the tee you know you and I might do that if we park our bag somewhere and our ball is just over the green you have to bring a wedge and a putter or something but apparently the story was that the bag was getting heavy and I can understand that after four days in that heat and now you're going into a playoff uh, CT took the four wedges out of his bag and he carried them to lighten the load just a little bit for his bride and they were playing of course with uh, with um, uh, Rory Sabatini and uh, Rory had his wife caddying for him. And so, of course, he had to do the same thing. So, uh, gentlemen, these, these two were, and uh, letting them, letting, giving their wives a little bit of a lighter load when they were carrying their, uh, their bags along. Yeah, it was, you know, it was funny you mentioned that. I think it was the 10th hole in the final round where Sab- Sabatini was carrying his own bag down the fairway. I, yeah, which, which, right. was, which was pretty funny. <laughs> uh, my weird this week goes to uh, our good old friend Cam Smith and his mom. Oh, yes. And in the pre- one of the press conferences, <laughs> you can't make this up. I'm laughing already. Someone said, in, in the, I only saw the transcript of it, so I'm reading the transcript. It says, um, sorry, this is a bit of an odd question, but um, is it true that your barber's name is Lee Trevino? And Ken <laughs> Smith gave a one-word answer. He said, yes. And that was it. And I'm going, So here's the guy with his crazy mullet who had, by the way, on, this, on the very short side, uh, Australia or the AUS, cut into his head and he tells everyone that his barber's name is Lee Trevino. You could not make that up if you tried. I mean, I would never, I just laughed entirely when I heard that. It was hilarious to think that his barber's name is also Lee Trevino, but for Cam Smith, like, why are you wearing the visor then? Show off the (laughs) AUS on this. He's got this mullet, which is either beautiful or disgusting, whatever way you want to look at it. But, you know, take the visor off, show that mullet off a little bit more. 
As far as mullets go, it is a beauty. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think that would look good on you, Adam. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, all right. And my what is, what are the odds of two players in the same group making holes in one? Ooh. How, how about back-to-back holes in one? Ooh. So at the Wildwood Golf Club in Toronto here, or just outside of Toronto, uh, there was a two-person match play event going on. 18-year-old Jack Williams steps up, hits his shot, and it takes two hops and goes into the cup. How about that? Everyone goes wild, hole-in-one. They saw it go in. Pretty exciting stuff. Well, not to be outdone, Nick Carrero, 72 years old, steps up, takes a swing, and yes, into the cup, back-to-back <laughs> hole-in-ones. And as I said at the start, you know what, what are the odds? Well, the odds, in fact, are 17 million to one on that happening. Now, I will preface, I will end that story by telling you that at my course at Weston, that has happened twice in the 49 what? years that I've been a member there. And one was in a match. So you imagine you make a hole in one and all you get is a half. So, <laughs> well, crazy. there's so many things to unpack. One was 18 years old and one was 72 years old, correct? Yeah, isn't that crazy? That's just the beauty of golf, right? In, in the fact that any age, any skill level, you can play together, back-to-back aces, 17 million to one. Bob, as the, as the kids say, you love to see that. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. All that, all right, Adam. The tea is now yours. Yeah, well, I, I had the coffee. I got to activate the calves, and I got to step on one here. <laughs> that's what I'm going to do today. Hit bombs and attack the pin. I have to give a special shout out to Phil Mickelson there. He came up with a commercial, which I think we'll show on TV this week, where he is flexing those calves. And <laughs> yes, he did. It's, it's something, but uh, I'll leave that little teaser just for TV uh, this Wednesday on TSN. But my winner this week is Tiger Woods. And ti- the videos that were shot the day before Tiger's a- car accident back in February are slowly being released by Golf Digest. Last week, uh, he was a, a video with uh, Jada Pinkin Smith, the uh, wife of Will Smith. And this past week, uh, Dwayne Wade was featured in these uh, videos where it's Tiger essentially giving a playing lesson. Uh, they're on YouTube. They're about 20, 25 minutes long. I would highly recommend them because watching Tiger, the coach, it's actually quite mesmerizing because he really simplifies things. You know, it's whether it's the sense of moving your club a little flatter or steeper, that sort of thing, or maybe a simple adjustment as moving your foot open, foot open, uh, you know, to clear hips, that sort of thing. But it's also great to see because it's Tiger interacting with great athletes, you know, talking to Dwayne Wade about, you know, how you're going to react to a shot. Um, you know, from one of the NBA's all-time great players and an NBA champion. So, Bob, have you had a chance to, to see any of these videos? They're, they're quite good. I haven't. I, well, I shouldn't say that. I looked a little bit of the Jada Pinkett Smith one. I saw a bit of that, and I thought it was pretty intriguing. And I think, you know, if Tiger, if this thing, if he never comes back to play, he's going to make a pretty good coach somewhere along the line, too. And now I can understand, obviously, why uh, his son, Charlie, plays so well, too, if he's getting lessons from Pop. Yeah, getting lessons from Pop and, and uh, especially green reading too. Tiger had some really interesting tips that I, I'd highly recommend our audience go out and, and search that uh, on YouTube. Okay, my weird this week, going back to the Olympics. Justin Thomas, obviously, he was one of the favorites going into the week at the Olympic Games. Wanted to go out and make a bunch of birdies, be aggressive. So what's he do Wednesday evening or Thursday during the first round? He makes 18 pars. No bogeys, no birdies, no eagles, no aces, no triples, no doubles, just 18 Pars. There have been 17,000 rounds on a PGA Tour this season. Five times it's happened where a player has parred 
all 18 holes. After that round, Justin Thomas was asked, how would you summarize your day? He said one word, par. <laughs> he's, he's very frank, and I'll tell you that. <laughs> That's a, it's actually, you know, in, you think about it, you think all the, the good bounces, the bad bounces, all the things that come into, into play in a round of golf, it's pretty hard to do. It's very hard to do to make 18 pars, especially for a man of that skill set, a professional golfer, one of the top players in the world. Ended up finishing T22 when he did make that first birdie on, on uh, Thursday or Friday, I guess, uh, in Tokyo. He had a big celebration. That, yes, I finally made a par. So uh, good for Justin Thomas. Now, I mentioned this earlier in the show. My what this week, Rory McIlroy going capless. No hat for Rory McIlroy. Now, it looked like he got a haircut about a day before the event, so... He, he had the high and tight going with the gray hairs, which is still really weird to see Rory McIlroy with gray hairs. But you might think, Rory, like, why, why aren't you wearing a hat, Rory? And now he put it that he has a very small head and that Nike has to make custom hats for him, which I didn't know. And so because we've seen it as well in the Ryder Cup in the past where McIlroy and some other European players choose not to wear hats. So I guess the, the Irish manufacturers for the, the Olympic Games or whoever was supplying the hats just couldn't make custom hats in time. Or Rory just wanted to show off his, his new haircut. Yeah, or he didn't want to wear an Adidas hat on a Nike contract. <laughs> it could be, although, Maybe. although he was wearing, he was wearing a, an Adidas uh, shirt and the, and the logo was right there. So there's no big thing that way. But I, I, um, I don't know about that small head. I've never heard about that one. I always just assumed it was because of the, the clothing contract. He wanted to try to minimize what he had. But um, I did notice on Sunday when he was coming up, he was his face was pretty sunburned by the end of the day. So that without that brim on there, he took a little bit more of the glare uh, off that shiny forehead. All right, getting back to the McKenzie Tour. Michael Blair was the third winner on the McKenzie Tour this season. He won the PEI Open, and after his victory, he joined us on Golf Talk Canada. Obviously, last week was uh, was dealing with a little bit of the elements coming in. I understand the winds were kind of blustery out there. How did you handle that? Uh, I just uh, stuck to my own game, really, my own game plan. Didn't really worry about what anybody else was doing just because didn't really have any extra mental capacity to worry about what anyone was doing out there. It was flowing 30 pretty consistently, got to 45. So just kind of, you know, kept trying to hit the shots that I was trying to hit and stick with my own game plan and keep my head down and then just see where I ended up at the end of the day. And you mentioned the wind. It, it sounds like it's a little windy right now during your practice round. Are, are we seeing similar conditions uh, for your practice round right now? Uh, it's not too bad today. I think it's pretty blowing 2025, so it's a little bit, uh, it feels pretty calm compared to the last couple of days. What's it like to be able to play back-to-back -back tournaments and not have to change hotels? That's, pretty, mm. that's a pretty rare feat, I think, on any tour. Yeah, no, it's definitely enjoyable. Um, you know, staying right at the resort here, so just kind of walk out in the morning, right to the, to the range, to the first tee. Everything's pretty accessible. So, yeah, it's definitely uh, definitely a bonus. You can just, you know, come back, relax. I mean, normally after a tournament, you're rushing to get everything checked out, get to the airport. So it was nice to just, uh, after last week, to be able to come back and everything's still in your room and, and just hang out there and, uh, yeah, get ready for the next one. We're in conversation here with Michael Blair, who won the McKenzie Tours Prince Edward Island Open this past week. Uh, what's the reaction been from friends and family? Was your phone blowing up? I saw Lori Kane tweet you saying congratulations. What was that like? Yeah, it was uh, It was even more than uh, when it called for the Open a couple of years ago, actually. This was like uh, new territory for me. The thing, I just probably put it down for a while because it was just going to vibrate itself to death, I think. So <laughs> just kind of, uh, it was great. I mean, got support from all types of people that I hadn't seen in a while as well. And, 
in general, yeah, the reaction was extremely positive and extremely supportive, and uh, it's just going to keep pushing me along to keep doing doing well and playing well the rest of this year. They had a pretty good putting uh, week, from what I understand, and you made a putting change. Is that correct? Yeah, just like a minor change. Just changed uh, that way, the way I position my hands, just my grip on the on the putter, just to get some some new feel. Right on. Now uh, I have to ask you about the up and down. Um, during the playoff hole from a very deep bunker. Now, I saw the video of this, and <laughs> you, you definitely bunker. couldn't, like, could you even see the flag stick? Walk us through that shot to get up and down for the victory. Yeah, so in regulation on that hole, I had 162, and it plays seven or eight yards uphill, but it's howling downwind. So I hit uh, the left rough, and it landed just past pin high, rolled over the back, and then in the playoff had five or six yards less. Basically, the same spot in the left rough, so... I said, you know what, uh, I'm going to try one club less this time, see if I can keep it on the green. I um, was thinking about going back a club just because the competitor there put it short as well, so for safety, but I, you know, I stuck with the gap wedge and then hit it well, watched it come up uh, short right in the front bunker. Uh, and even though I am you know, a fairly tall guy, it was I could only see maybe the top of it. Uh, when I'm standing over the ball, I couldn't really see anything when I was, you know, when I was behind the ball, kind of walking into it, I could just see the top of the flag, and then, uh, yeah, down over the ball, it, would, it wasn't really any, you know, any visual other than facing. Just trying to get it out there from that point, really. I just want to, you know, I thought to myself, hey, I hit the shot in the practice round. I know I can get it out. You know, the worst thing you can do is leave it in there. Just anywhere on the green. I know Max didn't have a, an easy shot as well, so I'll just just try to swing hard, get it out there, and give myself some sort of putt so that. Uh, you know, there'd be a good chance we could either make birdie or uh, make par and go to the next playoff hole. I can tell you from experience, years ago, we did a little television exhibition there with uh, Tom Watson and Jack Nicholas playing, and Tom Watson was in that bunker, and we didn't have a camera that could get him because uh, he was he's not a tall guy, and we had the cameras improperly positioned, so all we were waiting for was the ball to come out, and he got it on the green just like you did, so you're in, you're in good company. What does this mean for you now, that win going forward for, for the rest of this tour? Yeah, so mostly it's just a big boost in the points. The way the the points for the year go, they they drop off pretty substantially the farther down the list you you finish. So to get the 500 points for the win, you know, now puts me second overall in the points. Um, that's probably the biggest thing. I mean, obviously the money's nice as well, but uh, you know, I'm looking to try to finish in that top five spot in the points list at the end of the year and get McKenzie to a card for next year. Michael, I think you actually made Golf Talk Canada history today. You're the first player to ever join us during a practice round. So <laughs> mark you down on the history books. Thanks for taking time uh, with us today during this practice round. Uh, keep playing well today. Play well this week, and we'll talk to you uh, down the road again. Thank you. Appreciate the call. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. Welcome back inside another best of edition of Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully here in studio. We continue to look back at some of our favorite winners, weird and what segments throughout the summer. And this time around, once again, Bob had the tea. 
So, so what do I do? Just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball! All right, my, well, my winner this week is a caddy. It's Austin Kaiser, who caddies for Xander Shoffley. And, um, of course, Shoffley is the gold medal winner at the Olympics. And maybe that inspired uh, Kaiser to do a little bit of sprinting. He had to do it, of course, because of something that his boss did. So Xander Shoffley, uh, playing on the, uh, in the on tournament last week, he at one point decided that nature was calling, so he had to go over to the uh, portalette did his business, but he had just come off a of green putting, and he had his putter with him, so he just leaned his putter up against the outside of the uh, portalette, did his stuff, came out, went on to uh, the next hole, and when they, after he hit a wedge, uh, Kaiser went into the bag to find the putter, and there's, oop, there's no putter there. <laughs> oh, yeah, the boss left it leaning against the portalette. He the, mistakenly, uh, Shoffley thought that he had given it back to the caddy. He hadn't. So the caddy sprinted. Kaiser sprinted back some 700 yards back and forth. They got it in time, and uh, just for, uh, for fun, he gave, put out his arms sort of like a Usain Bolt crossing the uh, finish line when he got back up to give him the putter. So a couple things here. Um, <laughs> good thing the putter wasn't actually in the portalette. He didn't actually bring it inside with him, but I, that's, a, that's what a good caddy does. He makes sure all, all the clubs are in the bag. Uh, you know, his boss had a, you know, he forgot the putter, and um, I wonder how fast the, the sprint was back and forth. I don't know. Yeah, it said he wasn't, uh, said he was out of breath, so maybe he's not. I, I would perfect. be too. I, I'm not a runner per se, <laughs> no. but... Uh, I'm not a yeah. sprinter, but no. I'm a runner, but I wouldn't have been able to do that without uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, breaking into a sweat. It, wasn't, it was hot there, too. It was it ever. Year, oh, so my goodness. That wasn't yeah. exactly what you want to do. Mm -hmm. uh, all right. My, uh, my weird this week is uh, Lucas Herbert, who uh, is a Corn Ferry Tour player who qualified uh, by, to make the, uh, after the first round of the FedEx Cup play, or the, sorry, the Corn Ferry Tour playoffs to get his PGA Tour card. And I guess perhaps in the celebrations or whatever, he mistakenly booked his plane ride incorrectly. Now, he's from Australia, and he was going to go to Columbus for the next stop. Mm -hmm. However, he was going to go to Columbus, Ohio. Of course. Instead, he booked a trip to Columbus, Georgia. Oh, boy. <laughs> he, did oh boy. he did not realize his mistake until he landed in Columbus, Georgia. Oh. So he's in Columbus, Georgia, when all of a sudden he figured it out. Uh, there was no way to get from Columbus, Georgia to Columbus, Ohio in time, or, well, not that day. So he had to spend the nice evening in Columbus, Georgia, which I'm sure is a beautiful spot. But uh, anyway, he ended up getting there. He played in the Nationwide Children's Hospital Championship, and he opened up about it as Aussies do. You know, they like to put yeah. fun at themselves, and he told the whole story about doing that. And I can tell you, this is not the first time I've heard something like this happen. I remember a, uh, a European writer coming to the Masters for the first time, and he booked a trip to Augusta. Oh, boy. Unfortunately, he booked his trip to Augusta, Maine. <laughs> not Augusta, Georgia. That's a bigger mistake. Now, you've, you've racked up air miles throughout, I mean, obviously not during COVID, but before then, you were traveling all the time. Have you ever gone to the wrong place by, you know, whether you booked it or someone else booked it, you've just been showed up and you're like, oh, I'm actually in the wrong state right now. No, I've never, okay, I've that's never good. done that. I've managed to, uh, to show up at the right place okay. at the right okay. time. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, then my, what is, uh, what are we going to, this is back to Bryson to show. Yes. What are we going to do with Bryson? Uh, so uh, this is a great story by, uh, by Kevin Van Valkenburg of, the, of ESPN. Mm -hmm. He said that after Bryson shook hands with uh, Patrick Cantley after he lost, he was going up I guess up to the scoring ten or up to the uh, 
uh, up to the uh, locker room, and uh, some guy yelled out, great job, Brooksy. Well, DeChambeau, that was the last straw. He whirled around, apparently, and uh, started walking towards the offender, and he said, yelled at the guy and told him to get the F mm. out of here. Ooh. And he had rage in his eyes, apparently. Now, this is all reported. This is not confirmed by, by DeChambeau, obviously, but... Uh, Apparently, he was got a little bit hot, and apparently, he was getting it all time during the playoff. He was getting yelled at. He was getting the uh, Brooksies and through the whole playoff, so I guess maybe he just had enough. But I don't know about you, but I think that you can't confront those fans because you've just given them more ammunition. Absolutely, and, you know, golf is a different sport because you're so close to the athletes. I remember a couple of years ago at the 2016 Ryder Cup, someone yelled something not so nice at Rory McIlroy, and he turned around and went right at him. He didn't, you know, touch him or anything, but sort of being eye-to-eye because, you know, you were this far away from the competitors, not like at a hockey rink or a baseball field or, um, you know, on the football yeah. field where you're hundreds of yards away exactly but these guys can hear you and that's why i'm so curious to see what's going to happen at the Ryder cup because you know some fans are are going to maybe have a couple too many cocktails and and start yelling at bryson even though he's he's a hometown guy so (laughs) i think it'll if bryson just thank his lucky stars this isn't a european Ryder cup this time yeah that'd be that'd be fascinating for sure all right adam the tea is now yours Yeah, well, I, I had the coffee. I got to activate the calves, and I got to step on one here. Come on, baby. That's what I'm going to do today. Hit bombs and attack the pin. This might be the first three-dub in a while that I'm not actually featuring Phil Mickelson. So, oh, yeah. Wow. I knew, but I am featuring one of Phil's good buddies, the Stallion, Harry Higgs. Now, <laughs> Phil called the Harry the big, yeah, the big beautiful a Stallion. Uh, one of the great videos uh, leading up to his uh, first round of the BMW Championship where he was he was ready to ball out. He was ready to go out. Of course, Phil finished tied for last. So anyway, Harry Higgs. So Harry Higgs qualified for the BMW Championship after a good performance at the Northern Trust. So last Monday, you know, there's a short turnaround from Monday to the next tournament starting in a different city. Two days later or three days later in Baltimore. And Harry was asked, with a quick turnaround, how do you celebrate? Because Harry Higgs has been honest about enjoying, you know, the odd beverage or nine after a good performance. And he said, you know, it's a great question. I guess I have to drive. So if the cocktails are probably going to be delayed until getting to Baltimore, more than likely he's going to have a not so healthy meal, a drink upon arrival, maybe one more before going to sleep. And then finally, for the first time in what feels like weeks, sleeping without an alarm set. Harry Higgs, the gift that keeps on giving and, (laughs) He's played some great golf this year, too. He has. It was a bit of a slow start, but he had a good finish, and uh, good for Harry. I mean, I think, uh, I think he's one of the more uh, colorful characters out there, and you need guys like that mm-hmm. to, uh, mm-hmm. to, to lighten things up a little bit, and good for him. My weird this week, Billy Horschel was sporting a West Ham United logo on his golf bag, and you might think, Billy Horschel, like, how, how does that connection come to be? So it actually comes from his time uh, in college, where in the new apartment he have, was briefly in, it didn't have any cable lock, or hooked up, so they got a bunch of DVDs back when you bought DVDs wow. back in those days. <laughs> and uh, one of the DVDs he, he bought... Uh, was Green Street, which is a movie or documentary, I guess, about West Ham United. Okay. And since he's become a huge fan, this is 10, 12 years ago when he was in college, and he's now a huge fan of the team and is now sporting them on his bag because he doesn't have an official bag, uh, a logo sponsor on his tour bag. So you see some interesting logos on the bags of some players, and and that's one of them for uh, Billy Horschel. That's strange. I mean, there's been a lot of sports uh, 
uh, partnerships. I remember uh, Brad Fritch was sponsored with or had a deal with the uh, Ottawa Senators, and I think there's been a couple. I think maybe Mackenzie Hughes had something with the Leafs at one point. There's been a few out there, and uh, but uh, and, and a lot of the Canadian guys actually have logos on their yardage books. Yes, you know the, you can see them out there. Graham Delette, of course, is Calgary. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. uh, Adam Hadwin actually has one with the Blue Jays and one with Vancouver Canucks. Right. So there's a few in there. And then we get to Patton Kazire. <laughs> now, we've seen meltdowns on the PGA Tour. We've seen guys throw clubs. We've seen Rory McIlroy absolutely gun a four iron into the middle of the water back at Doral years ago. We've seen players kick shoes. But of all the years I've watched golf, I've never seen a player try to rip their own hat <laughs> so Patton Kazire, he was three under par through two rounds of the BMW Championship, just made a double bogey on his 36th hole on Friday, so the 18th hole of his second round. Clearly he wasn't so happy, so he went for the, the toss and, and hit, and he missed uh, going for the, the tennis shot with the putter, unfortunately. And then he decided to snap the putter over his knee, and you think, okay, we've seen that in meltdowns before. But then he's fuming. He is furious. And he's walking up the hill, and he tries to break his hat in half. Of all things. Hulk smash. Yeah. I mean, I was waiting for the, the shirt to, to get ripped open. But we, we've seen meltdowns, uh, but not a meltdown like this. That's a pretty big meltdown. I can't remember too many more meltdowns like that. I remember uh, one, I think it was a, gosh, i got to think it was a Corn Ferrier tour event. And uh one of the caddies took all the golfers. They had a fight and they took all the golfers' balls and threw them in a pond and walked in. I remember that one. There's been a few beauties, but boy, trying to rip a hat. I don't know if I could rip a hat. You could probably rip a hat. You're being strong, but I mean, I, I, I wouldn't want to. It's something I wouldn't want to try. No. I mean, I I don't get it. I mean, Pat and Gazai are still at a pretty good finish on the weekend, but not in the Tour Championship. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Springtime is a lot like a Cadillac, spirited, vibrant, and you definitely know when it arrives. Put a little spring in your drive with the Cadillac XT4, XT5, or XT6. Visit Cadillac.ca. Your Cadillac is waiting. Cadillac, never stop arriving. All right, welcome back inside another best of edition of Golf Talk Canada. I'm Adam Scully. Well, Winners Weird and What is one of our favorite segments on the show where we take a look back at some of the more weird and wacky and obscure moments in the world of golf throughout the week that was. And throughout the last hour and a half on this week's edition of GTC, we've been taking a look back at some of our favorite Winners Weird and What segments of the summer. And on this particular week, Mark Sacchino at the tee. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Okay, it comes in the time in the show, this should be sponsored, where Mark contradicts himself. We <laughs> <laughs> need a Zakito rant that's sponsored and then yeah. a Mark contradiction. I like it. Because I was, you know, as much as I have a bit of a bad taste in my mouth when it comes to we're going to hand out player of the year most likely to Patrick Cantley, who has four wins that are really two victories. Um... My winner is the playoffs. 
I mean, do you remember the years, Bob, where we, you would get bombarded 12 years ago on social media about how the playoffs don't mean anything and the FedEx Cup's a money grab and nobody cares and why are they force-feeding us, all this crap? And I'm sorry, you asked me last week what the most exciting golf tournament mm-hmm. of the year was, and I finally know my answer, the FedEx Cup playoffs. Yeah. So if I just tell you that the FedEx Cup playoffs, to me... If that was on there as a choice for the three of them combined, that's my winner. The quality of the golf, the chance at 59s, playoffs, just what was at stake. The FedEx Cup's my winner, Bob. Uh, yeah, hard to disagree, you know, and I think Doug Bell pointed out that uh, Patrick Cantlay was 14, so it's, you know, when it first started. So it's mm-hmm. come a long way for one thing. People are understanding of it, they're accepting of it. It reminds me a little bit of how the Players' Championship has now grown to become accepted in almost a, a fifth major, four and a half major. I can't believe it. When Doug Bell said that Patrick Cantley was 14 years old, I, I, just, I, I just I went, what? <laughs> I almost went and found a hole and lied in it. <laughs> All right, uh, my weird this week, and I'm going to need your help on this, because from my perspective, you got, I, was, I had all these moving parts. I was din, 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 and I'm hosting PGA Tour Radio, spinning plates, <laughs> and then I get this controversy thing popping up and our producer telling me that there was this putt that was picked up in the Solheim Cup that shouldn't have been conceded and a ref injected themselves into a match in the Solheim Cup. So I have a question. Can someone please walk me through exactly what happened? And secondly, why can't the Solheim Cup ever take place without some kind of bizarre rules infraction? Who, which one of you wants to take this? Uh, no, Bob, you go Bob, ahead. Bob, I mean, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So there was a putt made, and it got to the edge, and apparently it was slightly overhanging the lip. There was never any chance this putt was going to fall. European Tour player picks the ball up before 10 seconds is over, and to con- you know, say, okay, yeah, that's good, and, and picks the ball up and throws it back. The uh, I think it was Nelly Corda, mm. and and she's fine with it, no problem. So both. Players are cool. They're yeah, cool. Okay. This is fine. Right. It wasn't going in. We know that. Right. And then the ref came out and said, hey, you picked up that ball. You didn't have the right to pick up that ball. You have to give it 10 seconds. Therefore, it's deemed as if the ball went in. It's an eagle. You go, you get a, uh, you, they won, Americans won the hole and ended up winning the match one up. Oh, my. Yeah. And there's no way to, you, the Americans can't say, no, I concede. It's, right. The ref comes in and does it. So it's just. You Why know, can't we have a Solheim Cup with, not, with something that, that doesn't involve But then like, you wonder, it, should the U.S. have conceded the next hole to maybe even it up? I, I don't know. People I on social know, media were certainly saying The only saying thing I that. can say is, why would you pick up a ball? Like, don't, yeah, just don't, don't touch ball. it. Yeah, right. yeah, just don't touch it. Yeah. All right. It, well, that's my weird. And thank you for the <laughs> clarification. My what this week, I don't know if you guys saw this, but you know, regardless of a lost season for Rory McIlroy, and regardless of how much I want to bang my head against the wall sometimes with Rory, because I just want him to be Rory, because I think the game's so much better when he is near at the top of the world. He's still one of the, just the, the nicest people and best players in the game, and he crashed the Ryder Cup Steve Stricker dinner. Did you see this? I didn't see that. This is awesome. So Steve Stricker, I believe it was Wednesday night of the Tour Championship, took the six automatics from Team USA out for dinner, and Rory McIlroy happened to be having dinner at the same restaurant, <laughs> saw the captains hanging together beforehand and stuff like that with the vice captains, and Rory decided to poke his head in and say it <laughs> on. And Rory's quote was, don't worry, I didn't get any secrets in quotations. So I love Rory McIlroy. Okay, guys, Bob, the tea is yours, sir.
So, so what do I do? Just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball! All right. Well, my winner is uh, a friend of uh, Ontario Golf. It's a local, little bit of a semi-local story compared to what uh, you had, Mark. It's Dave Bunker, who is an outstanding amateur golfer, has always been an outstanding amateur golfer. This guy has won, I think, just about everything there is to win in amateur golf. He's now a, he's a retired school teacher, so all he does is play golf. And he got to the semifinals of the U.S. Senior Amateur, and I wanted to give him a shout-out because that's a big awesome. accomplishment. He also won the Florida State Senior Amateur earlier this year so a big shout out to Dave Bunker who is uh, just one of those nice guys out uh, out there and just continues to play really good golf and have you ever uh, possibly the best name in golf yeah exactly <laughs> I mean, like, there's Adam Shank there's yep. uh, Ryan, yeah. Ryan yep Duffy there, Waldorf and right? there, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a teacher and famous instructor by the name of Shankland Craig Shankland ah. I, just, I, don't, I don't want to take a lesson from him yeah, I'm going off to Shankland for <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. my uh, weird this week is I was looking at this uh, picture on on the screen, and and my sound was off on my TV, and I was trying to figure out who is that golfer, who is that guy. Dustin Johnson shaved his beard off. Yes. Did you see that? He yes. looked like a totally different guy. He looked like I. He looked like he was twelve years old mm-hmm. in this one picture they put up there, and I guess apparently he didn't like it. And apparently, after he shaved it off, it was at the request of his wife, apparently. Uh, but he started growing it back, and by by Sunday afternoon, you could see the beard coming back in. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, it, it'll be back in form for the Ryder Cup for sure. But he's been known, you know, to have that beard for so long. And well, I also didn't know that Dustin Johnson was Italian. And he could grow a beard in 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, like that. Exactly. I, I had no idea. Who knew? Yeah, who knew? <laughs> a weird, yeah. weird picture. You yeah. haven't seen a guy without a beard for so long, and it's there like, he whoa, is. Very stuff. jarring. Yeah. Uh, my what this week is a little more serious. It's a uh, we had a big storm last week. I don't remember. Quite what, maybe it was last weekend? Yes, last Saturday. Yeah, last Saturday, Saturday, right. And yeah. uh, there was a tragedy in Erin, Ontario, with a golf course there. Lightning struck. And uh, anyway, and I'm not sure the exact, if it was the lightning that was hit him or what happened, but a gentleman died by in the storm. And it reminded me that I had written a story years ago, I think it was for the Du Maurier Classic program, about what you should do if you get caught on a golf course in a storm. Mm-hmm. The natural reaction is, oh, I'm going to run into the tree and get protected. Of course, right. you don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. If it's a really serious electrical storm, you know what you're supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Go into a bunker and lie down in the bunker. Really? Because the bunker is lower than any part of the golf course. Did, I've never heard this. Isn't that amazing? So I just thought I would pass it out no, because it's I good saw information. this terrible, uh, terrible, I mean, I don't know how many people are actually going to do that. I've heard stories, Bob, of some people telling me that if you're not walking, if you happen to be riding, to stay in your cart because the rubber grounds the cart, yeah, right? But I've right. never heard this bunker. So if, yeah. you, if you, so if you're out there walking, you're out there walking, middle get, of nowhere. Yeah, you get caught in the electrical storm, get into the bunker, lie down, and, uh, and wait it wow. out, I guess. Here on Golf Talk Canada, we save lives. <laughs> there we go. All right, Adam <laughs> Scully, the tea is yours. Yeah, well, I, I had the coffee. I got to activate the calves and I got to step on one here. Come on, baby. That's what I'm going to do today. Hit bombs and attack the pin. Well, my winner this week goes basically what, what we've seen from Phil Mickelson on social media. We see people away from the golf course and become star. You know, we see what their personalities are like off the golf course and, you know, we know they're superstars on the golf course. And my winner this week 
PGA Tour and Netflix are getting together Saw for this. a docu-series. So yeah. similar to this F1 Drive to, drive to Survive, yeah. which I haven't seen, but I've been it's told awesome. to definitely yeah. watch. I hear it's fantastic, yeah. too. I haven't seen it either. So I'm curious what's going to come out of this. Are we going to see Bryson DeChambeau? Are we going to see some of the big names? Are Is the PGA Tour going to control this, or is this going to be a Netflix That's the question, right? Thing? Because if it's Netflix control, this is it's going to be must-see TV Bob, regardless. what do you think? I, I'm going to give a shout-out to Daniel Rappaport, who, told me, who on, online sort of said that they've already started negotiating with some of the players through their agents to try and get certain players, and there are... You know, they've got picks, and I, be, I believe Ian Poulter is one of the guys they're looking at. And the key to, to Drive to Survive is that they, they just went right into the background, and they, it was completely unfiltered. It's raw. And, and if the PGA Tour allows that to happen, which I'm not sure they will, mm-hmm. it could be awesome. I, I'm yeah. in the same position as Bob. I was on earlier this week with uh, Matthew Cause and Carlo Koliakovo on first up, and they asked me about it, and I, I had the same opinion. So listen, I don't know, but I'm of the opinion of Bob. If we peel back the curtain and go raw... I mean, I'm be glued to this. For sure. And I mean, you know, if you look at Bryson DeChambeau's YouTube channel, he posts these like 25 minute videos. And yeah, yes, yeah, say what you want about Bryson. He's a he's an interesting dude. Mm-hmm. But uh, some of those videos, like they're must see TV, like him swinging eight irons with 160 miles per hour at ball speed. It's ludicrous, quite frankly. But I'm looking forward to seeing what happens uh, out of this. Speaking of, speaking of Bryson, he's my weird this week. The birdie he made on Saturday oh on my. the 18th hole. Yeah, that was crazy. So, wasn't it? first of all, the line he took yeah. going up the 10th fairway, I believe. And they look for his ball. Three minutes. Ah, we can't find it. Sorry, Bryson. And then some shot link camera shows Finds up it. and says, or uh, shows that a fan picked up his ball so we could take a free drop. And what do you do from there? Hits it on the green. Two putt birdie. Ho hum. The whole process is weird, starting with the fact that somewhere in his beautiful mind, he thinks that's a better line. He said he only picked that line when the tee, when the pin. Was on the far side of the green. He says this is the best way to come Open in. Open up the, the whole location. There. Exactly. Well, and one thing that was kind of strange: the broadcast didn't show that tee shot. No. I, I would have loved to see the yeah. shot tracer going way this way instead of way down the fairway. He's but, not uh, boring. No, I'll <laughs> no, agree on that. Right. He's not boring. Yeah, that's for sure. Okay, my what this week? Sung J M. We know he loves to play golf week in, week out. He set the record for most birdies or better in a single PGA Tour season with. 513 in 127 rounds, beating Steve Flesh, who had 509 in 123 rounds. So, yes, the super season was long, but Sung J.M., 513 birdies or better. The guy loves to play golf. He and, loves it. Yeah. Yeah, it, was, it happened early. He broke the record. I think the, uh, he broke it early in the day with a couple with yes. a birdie at two or yeah. something yesterday. But, I mean, pretty awesome, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, I love a guy who just wants to keep playing golf because the opposite, how you know, I mean, we spoke about it off the top, but burnout and da 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 da. You never hear that from Sanjay <laughs> no, Burnout. No. His attitude is if I'm not playing for millions of dollars somewhere, I'm at home playing for free. Yeah. So let's just go play let's golf. Let's keep going, right? baby. So, yeah. All right. On the other side, we are going to put a bow on today's show. Adam will get us caught up on all. Things golf can because we got some uh, scheduling uh, mm-hmm. items to address, uh, and we will uh, find out who Adam and Bob will select as if they were Patrick Harrington. And I just can't picture you two as leprechauns. I can't. <laughs> e. I can't. E. A pint of Guinness, maybe. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I found there were some interesting comments as well this week by Rory McIlroy. Qu- quickly before we go to ba- break, Rory McIlroy because he's unfiltered and authentic, mm-hmm. and he said. And he was being complimentary to Patrick Harrington, but he, he was saying the captain's position in a Ryder Cup is is one of the most overinflated uh, positions. It doesn't they don't hit shots, they don't make putts, and we over uh, put too much value into it. And he said some captains are very different. He said Thomas Bjorn gave up 
year and a half of his life to be Ryder Cup. That means was, and Patrick Harrington is a competitive guy who still plays, who still has access to the PGA Tour and European Tour and wants to be a golfer. So there's two very different ways of doing things. He said, but at the end of the day, doesn't matter. We've got to hit the shots. <laughs> yep. We've got to hit the putts. Some bizarre stuff, as always, in Winners Weird and What. On the other side, we'll wrap up today's show, and we'll also hear from Callum Davison, the winner of the McKenzie Tours Brudenell River Classic. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management, was brought to you by Cadillac. Springtime is a lot like a Cadillac, spirited, vibrant, and you definitely know when it arrives. Put a little spring in your drive with the Cadillac XT4, XT5, or XT6. Visit Cadillac.ca. Your Cadillac is waiting. Cadillac, never stop arriving. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new ZG21. Lightweight with zero compromise. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully here in studio. Well, we're wrapping up today's best of special with another winner on the McKenzie Tour. Callum Davison joined Golf Talk Canada shortly after winning the Brudenell River Classic. PGA Tour Canada completing back-to-back weeks in Prince Edward Island with the Brudenell River Classic. Brudenell River, I, I love this golf facility, Brudenell. It mm. been, has been a couple years since I've been out the PEI, but... Uh, such a wonderful part of the country. And uh, Callum Davidson with the victory, 68, 64, 69, finishes 15 under par and a one-shot win over Noah Steele, who won the week before, the amateur. Uh, a couple of Canadian flags posted on top of this leaderboard and joining us now, making his way to northern Saskatchewan for the next event, Callum. Congratulations. Uh, wonderful play. Did you feel this coming? Could you sense something big was coming? Well, thanks so much for having me on, guys. Um, yeah, you know, uh, it's been a bit of a tough season. Um, maybe not. I uh, didn't really kind of feel like this was going to come, but um, my game kind of felt like it was uh, trending in the right direction. And, um, you know, obviously uh, I hit it a little bit better off the tee than, than the previous weeks. And, uh, yeah. Okay, so Callum, I have to ask, uh, you're currently on your way to Saskatchewan, and you've been on quite the journey. Uh, via car, uh, tell our listeners uh, what, how far you've gone and how much further you have to go driving. Um, so, yeah, I've been on the road since uh, June, um, and I'm in an RV, small RV. But, uh, yeah, I've made my way from Seattle all the way to Georgia, and then I went from a uh, bunch of different tournaments, and I went from Cincinnati all the way to uh, PEI, and then um, now PEI to uh, Saskatchewan, and I'm about... Uh, six hours away from my uh, destination, uh, Elk Ridge Resort. Um, yeah, so uh, been a long, long journey. <laughs> what do you What do you do to pass the time? Like, how does don't you go? Like, this is a that's a lot of miles or a lot of kilometers on there. It's is it is it a um, is this a love of the game? Is this what you're the price you're paying to try and make this career out of it? For sure, yeah. It's it. It's tough. Um, I've never been on this long of a road trip before. Um, usually we fly. But, um, yeah, you know, it's, yeah, obviously I love the game and this is what I want to do. So uh, you just got to make it work. 
uh, any way you can. Uh, so, Cal, I have to ask, um, you're one of the only players who plays cross-handed on all shots. Is that correct? Tell us about, about your yeah. grip and, and how, it, how, you, how it came to be. Yeah, so I, I just I just picked it up like that when I was like three years old um, with a plastic club and a plastic ball and just hit it up the stairs um, and it rolled back to me and then I just that's how I started golf um, watching my dad and brother um, and then I just you know a couple coaches always try to change me um, when I got older uh, around ten and eleven and I just continued doing it and uh, I got better and better so just never saw a reason to change. Uh, Kyle, and before we let you go, it uh, sounds to me like uh, hitting it better off the tee was a real key for you this week. But I'm just curious now that you have a win under your belt, does this change the goals or the strategy for the rest of the year? Or is it, you know, one day at a time and uh, it won't affect the way you look at the rest of your schedule? Yeah. Um, yeah, off the tee has been the biggest struggle uh, all season. Um, it, Yeah, just, I mean, I've been focusing on that. I feel like the rest of my game is in a pretty good spot. Um, so if I can just get it better off the tee, um, yeah, that's mainly what I'm working on and, and what I look forward to. Uh, um, yeah. Callum, congratulations. Safe driving. I know you got a long way to go. We'll be watching the rest of the way and wonderful victory. So congratulations and thanks for jumping in with us this morning. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me on, guys. Congrats again to Callum Davison on the victory at the Brudenell River Classic in some pretty crazy weather conditions, a lot of rain and a lot of wind. Callum Davison, the winner of the Brudenell River Classic on the McKenzie Tour. Well, it's been a fun show today, taking a look back at some of our favorite winners, weird and what segments throughout the summer, as well as hearing from some of the winners on the McKenzie Tour. Taking a look ahead here on Golf Talk Canada, 20 weeks of TaylorMade will be back in 2022, probably going to start around Masters Week. Can't wait for that to get underway. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's best of edition of Golf Talk Canada. And we'll see you next time right here on GTC. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all new ZG21. Lightweight with zero compromise. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network.